The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, a podcast where two best friends use their patent penny movie ranking skill to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. And Ty, we are coming off after a unplanned week break. Yeah. But you know what? We work hard. It was Valentine's Day week, and we decided to give each other the gift of a week off. Yeah. As our Valentine's Day present to each other. It may have just been a... Uh mental preparation week for this movie look valentine's day release threw everything off threw off our schedule big time got a big weekend planned ahead of us so we said you know what let's just skip last week we'll pre-record this one a little early have it go up and then consistent schedule moving forward so it's all good one one missed week in like four months ain't gonna kill anyone it'll be all right especially when we got a doozy of an episode today because today we're reviewing the movie that everyone's talking about madam webb oh yeah Number one trending movie in America right now. And that's what they'll tell you in the commercials when they buy commercial spots. Yeah. They won't say anything else. They'll just say, number one trending movie in America. It's the most vague, you don't even know if it's compliment, but just the most vague statements about this movie all over uh, TVs and commercials. Yeah. Now, we're both big comic book people. Uh, We've been critics of the Sony Spider-Verse in the past. And, you know, the the reviews for this movie were not released at the time of recording last podcast, which was like a day before it came out, which is never a good sign. No. Um, so if if you don't live under a rock, you probably know the, the reception Madam Webb is getting so far. And I'm excited to get your take on it, Ty, and just see how much we might obliterate this film together. <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. Let's get into the show. 50% of the time, it works every time. Don Samos. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I don't feel so good. Hulk! Smash! I'm not fucking leaving! Smash! 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 The show goes on! A lot of comic book news. Yeah. Tyler Wooten. Yeah. In addition to a banger of a movie, Madam Web, coming out, there is also... Been two big pieces of comic book news, one of which coming on the Super Bowl, one of which coming Valentine's Day, actually, yeah, is when it was released. The first of which was the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer, which I didn't realize that was the name. Well, no one knew that was the name until the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone just said Deadpool 3. But the trailer for the third Deadpool film with Wolverine, with Reed Richards, came out. What was your first takes? What was your takeaway? With Reed Richards? What did I say? With Wolverine, with Reed Richards. See, I'm combining things yeah, right now. Yeah, you just combined. Jump in the gun. What's Ryan Reynolds? I meant Ryan Reynolds. He said, "What's I, Ryan Reynolds' name?" It's Ryan Reynolds. Look, we took a week off. I'm out of shape. <laughs> I'm out of form. You're just knocking the rust off. I I jumped the gun. I buried yeah, the lead there, big time. So, what did you think of the trailer, Deadpool three? It looks so fucking good. <laughs> it looks so good. I mean, the trailer looks incredible. It's got the great Deadpool humor. Seems like they're they're staying strong with the R rating, which is the best thing they could possibly do. Yeah, there's no way to introduce your movie as R-rated uh, than doing a probing joke Yeah, uh, right away. Mm-hmm. 
in the very beginning yeah. of the trailer. So yeah. just talking about shoving things in his ass. <laughs> so, which this was something um, Bob Iger and Kevin Feige had said in the past that it was going to be R rated. I never believed them. No, because yeah. it just didn't make any sense. Um, and I would like to thank, uh, take a time to thank our Lord and Savior, Robert Oppenheimer, because I would just like to pretend in my brain that the whole reason this is R-rated is because they saw how successful Oppenheimer was as an R-rated film. Yeah. And they were like, we don't need a PG-13 rating. Everyone's mm-hmm. sick of this. That, like, Let's be a little edgy. Let's yeah. be like Oppenheimer. I, I agree. I think Oppenheimer deserves all the credit for this. Yeah. Um, what a great take. I thank love you, that. Ty. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime we get a chance to give Oppenheimer more love. I think we get to go back. I think any money Deadpool makes, we get to add on to Oppenheimer uh, box office. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they get credit for that now. Yeah, I like that too. Um, Christopher Nolan said he wanted to direct a horror movie. I really hope he doesn't because I want to watch every movie he makes. Uh, you but... did You did make a statement that you would go and see every single movie he makes in theater. I know. In IMAX. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, IMAX horror and movie? And you know if he makes a horror movie, it's going to be terrifying. Ugh. Be incredible. It's like he listened to the podcast, heard that, and was like, I'm going to make a horror movie so now. I'm going to fuck with this guy. <laughs> this one guy in particular. Um, before we jump into the logistics of Deadpool 3, if we want to break down any of it, um, I would like to point out that it was the most viewed trailer of all time. Did you hear this news? Yeah. 365 million views. Now, huge asterisks with this news. Have you heard why there's a huge asterisk? No, but it seems like there would be. They um, combined the Super Bowl numbers and the YouTube numbers. Oh, my God. So the previous holder was Spider-Man No Way Home, which had 355.5 million views online in the first 24 hours. Deadpool had 200 and some million. And then they tacked on the 123.7 million from their Super Bowl commercial spot, which wasn't even the trailer. It was like a a short uh, 30-second clip, which was part of the trailer, and then at the end said, watch full trailer online now. Um, so they combined those two numbers so they could say it's the highest viewed trailer of all time in the first 24 hours. That feels cheap. <laughs> yeah. That feels real cheap. I would – what's stopping someone – I mean, probably the the money. Mm-hmm. But what's stopping someone from just buying three different Super Bowl spots and be like 400 people, million people watched it? You know who has the money and uh, seems like a guy who would do that? Bob Iger. Mr. Beast. Mm. YouTuber. Mm. He That's- seems like someone who's just – Absolutely could pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call, Ty. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Yeah, I it still blows me away that anything has beaten Endgame. Endgame had two hundred and eighty nine million views in the first two twenty four hours. Yeah, but no you gotta you gotta close your eyes and go back to No Way Home. All the speculation. That was the first movie, kinda the only one that's done it right with the the old heroes coming back. Yeah. At the time it seemed impossible. Mm-hmm. And they did the whole uh the Dr. Octopus tease, and then, you know, everyone watched it because they wanted to see if Toby or Andrew Garfield was in it. So and it they doesn't weren't. surprise me. Hmm? And they weren't. No, they weren't. Yeah. Which is even more like, as soon as, like, word got around that there's no teases, mm-hmm. I feel like it wouldn't get it. Endgame, it just feels like if there's ever a trailer to get to hold that record, it'd be that one. Maybe Deadpool 3, they needed to, like, not confirm Wolverine, even though there was many... I mean, it got confirmed over a year ago, and many set leaks of Wolverine mm-hmm. in his yeah, costume. Yeah, they, they had no chance of hiding that shit. Which, this... Hugh Jackson's Wolverine, this will be the only inter- only time he's used the MCU, I think. I don't think they're going to have him in yeah. Secret Wars, although they tease Secret Wars. I don't know if you saw that in the yeah. trailer. Yeah, got a comic book um, just laying there. They did use... Kind of use our Wolverine introduction, which was like the easiest Wolverine introduction ever. Yeah, You have to. I will I will be mad at them for that. But we were on the record of saying what they should have done after Endgame. Mm-hmm. You know, Wolverine Shadow. You just see the claws come out. Yeah. 
exactly what they did in yeah. this. It's a perfect way to do it. And let me tell you, they nailed it. <laughs> so, they did a great job. Um, and they also, like I mentioned, T Secret Wars, Secret Wars comic book on the ground next to Deadpool. Mm. What they do with that, who knows? Because obviously Jonathan Majors is no longer in the MCU at all. I wonder what kind of reworkings they had to do for this film. I mean, it seems like they're all, you know, full power ahead. So it doesn't seem like he was involved in any way. But I'm curious if we're going to have like a main villain or if this is going to be more just like a buddy cop adventure without a main villain. Yeah. What are you hoping for out of this film? I think my issue is I I don't know what I want Mm -hmm. because I want so many different things out of it. I heard a good theory by Eric Voss of New Rockstars. Great. Probably familiar. Great content. His loose theory was that because he called himself the MCU or the Marvel Messiah or whatever he called himself in the trailer, mm-hmm. that uh, Deadpool and Wolverine would be jumping over to like all the different Marvel movies, like MCU and even non MCU, like X Men movies, mm-hmm. to like go fix the plot holes. Oh, and if they did that in a funny way, I could see it working. I'm all for that. They do something with Ed Norton, I could see it working. Yeah. Um, give now, me, give me a not Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Daredevil. Yeah. All for it. I want to say there was actually a, a teaser of one of the Daredevil characters being in the trailer. Was there? I believe so, yeah. Um, the Not not uh, Daredevil himself. Um, like one of the uh, other people at his law firm or whatever? Yeah, but I can't figure this out right now, so this is bad mm-hmm. radio. I should have been... Um, you should have known I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. This is why we need to go back to scripting our podcast like we used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never scripted our podcast. <laughs> it was someone. I th- I don't know. This is bad radio. But oh, Jennifer Gardner, Electra. That was the rumor. Oh yeah. That there was some sort of tease or a rumor. Um, that would be awesome. Give me. I want this to be what we were hoping Multiverse of Madness was. And I mean, you literally in the trailer right off the rip. Give me TVA. And different universes coming together with Logan and and Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Just commit. Look, Multiverse of Madness, better in hindsight, I feel like. It was fine. It just wasn't what we were all expecting it to be. When you give it the name Multiverse of Madness, then we get almost almost no Multiverse Madness, except for, like, one. <laughs> yeah. It's just that, a regular Those Doctor 15 Strange minutes, story. they're in the other fucking universe, awesome. and Wanda kills everyone. Now imagine a two-and-a-half-hour movie full of that. <laughs> that would be great. Um, no, and then there's all the bad guys in the trailer. They're like the the ravengers or whatever yeah that those are all going to be like old villains i think that are like villains that were defeated in their respective universes universes, and maybe deadpool has to go wipe them out i don't know i just want something that's fun it doesn't have to be overly consequential um just establish that he now can be in the mcu in the future if we want to reuse him keep it r-rated i want a lot of disney jokes um i would like some self-reflection i would like some i would like deadpool being like hey the movies have been shit recently Sorry, oh, guys. That would be one call themselves out in a movie. I would love that. That would be a great move. I make a Madam Web joke. Oh, you think it's too late for them to go in? <laughs> I I would never. I do not put anything past Ryan Reynolds. I feel like they almost could have had the foresight to know that this was coming and just did that like years before the movie was released. Well, I do think they had the foresight this was coming, Ty, because it just so happened that the day Madam Web came out, they also announced the casting choices of fantastic four mm, yes, they which did. as someone who let's i'm in sports media and you know just is always in the world of news breaking and leaks and all this stuff not that i break news or get leaks but 
there's always a reason why information comes out in the sports world. Mm -hmm. Someone has to gain from it. If you hear about a trade, LeBron almost was traded to the Warriors, so so to say. Conversations. Someone someone wanted something to gain. The Lakers probably wanted something to gain. They were like, hey, let's leak this that the Warriors asked us about LeBron. Now Klay Thompson is going to be looking at Draymond Green funny. Like, hey, you guys trying to trade me? Boom, now they got dysfunction. They're one of our biggest competitors for a playoff spot. Yeah. Marvel releasing the Fantastic Forecast the day of Madame Web coming out. It, it was it was totally a just like, hey, pay attention to this. Yeah. Even Ignore though- that other bad thing that's <laughs> trending on social media. Look at this cool thing that's trending on social media. Even though the MCU and Sony is not, it's two different entities, it's still in everyone's best interest for everyone to succeed. Yeah. Because even though I we know that Sony isn't the MCU and like Someone like my dad might understand that they're not connected. He still watches a bad Sony movie. He's it just makes all the Marvel movies look bad by comparison. Yeah. So that's a real issue when you go into the Sony movie and you get the Marvel comic book like credit mm-hmm. opening credit. Mm-hmm. It's just it leaves a sour taste in your mouth no matter what. So this was a hundred percent them I think trying to bury the movie, and that's also a horrible sign. Is when you are trying to take attention away from your new movie the day it comes out. Yeah, not a good, <laughs> not a good uh, look. But that being said, Fantastic Four, Ty, as our resident Pedro Pascal guy on the mm. podcast. Fuck yeah. How you feeling? Um, Look, this was all leaked. See, I wasn't in this. I the, the, These were just heavily, heavily rumored. At least the Pedro Pascal, Vanessa Kirby, and Joseph Quinn. I didn't know any of this. Everyone was talking about this for a minute, and um, it just seemed like now was the time to make it official. Not, not me. Not everyone. But I think the best thing to take away from it is not like look, love me some Pedro Pascal. I don't know if he's the right fit for this, but I think he can do anything. So I'm gonna hold all opinions on that. Oh, just like legitimately, like the stuff I've seen him at in and the stuff he's done. I don't know if he's gonna be the best quirky, socially awkward superhero. You know, look, I think this is what it comes down to, and it's really upsetting. I think the original Fantastic Forecast was just perfect. Yeah, it was pretty good. And while well, people that movie wasn't bad, the no, first one. yeah, it's it's fine. We're not talking 2015, right? We're talking like 2004, right? Tw- yeah, of course. Okay, no, yeah, yeah fuck yeah. that other one. 2005, <laughs> original Fantastic Four, 28 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's disgusting. Yeah, that original cast is just perfect. Everyone looks like those characters. Everyone plays those characters What's so name? good. Jessica Alba, Jessica Alba, yeah. fantastic. Chris Evans is a Human Torch. Doesn't get better than that. I think Michael B. Jordan is fine as Human Torch, too. He's okay. Chris Evans plays a better Human Torch, though. And I think the issue is is they were just put in a bad movie, and now they've all obviously aged out of those roles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now (laughs) it's like, you know, we got to find another cast that can portray these characters and hopefully give them something good to work with here. Why not Miles Teller? You know why. (laughs) I think we all know why. As a Top Gun Maverick fan? He's fantastic as as a pilot. Not great as a stretchy superhero. <laughs> Not great at all. Now, we previously said previously said how John Cena would be a great uh, The Thing. Mm-hmm. Do you still think that's true? The Thing's supposed to be that comedic because it's all really Cena can do. Whoa. Obviously, he's in, he's in the DC. Is that John Cena slander from you? He's in the DC EU now. DC, yeah. whatever the hell. So, it wouldn't have never worked anyways. But. Yeah. So... I think he would have done a great thing. I think he's big and he's got that voice. I think Eben, I think it's Eben Moss Bachrock. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in like half of season one of The Bear, and then I, I still haven't yeah, gotten back to that. Yeah, he was pretty good in The Bear. He's fantastic in that, and his voice, 
if I close my eyes, that's a rock monster talking. <laughs> so I think that works well. I'm all for that. You know what they needed to do? They needed to fo- follow their Guardians of the Galaxy logic. They needed a retired wrestler as the guy with a lot of makeup on. Yeah. If this if Guardians never happens and Fantastic Four happens in place of Guardians 10 years ago, Dave Bautista probably would have been a good thing. Close my eyes. Great rock monster. Uh, they needed a up-and-coming future A-lister. Not a A-lister yet, but Chris Pratt was obviously coming from Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. He was coming from a popular sitcom. Yep. And then obviously had Guardians and then Jurassic World. Now he's voice acting everything. I don't yeah. know who's like an up-and-coming Jeremy Allen White. I don't know. Talking oh, about you bear. think we take the other person from the bear? Maybe. I don't know. As who? Mr. Fantastic. I don't know if he'd be a good man. Mr. Oh, Fantastic. He's so bad. I'm just saying the lead role needs to be someone who's we know is going to be an A-lister. They're but it isn't quite yet. yet. Yeah. Pedro Pascal, I would say, is an A-lister already. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They didn't follow oh, their formula. Oh, that's the issue. They needed uh, whoever the second lead in the last Avatar movie was should have been uh, Mrs. Fantastic. Second lead in the... Because Zoe Saldana was in the first Avatar. So is there like a new Avatar? She's in the second Avatar. But it wasn't there, was there not a new one? One of the daughters? I don't know. No. No, I don't think so. Mm. I think the other well, that, daughter is played. By, my plans. Well, the other daughter was played by like a fifty-year-old woman. If you remember, she <laughs> plays right. her daughter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't think that works at all, Jay. That's right. It's a real problem that James Cameron created. And then uh, Human Torch just has to be CGI'd and Bradley Cooper. <laughs> just Bradley. <laughs> He's just a flame. Fuck it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I I think Vanessa Kirby's great yeah, casting. Yeah, she's my favorite of the four. Yeah, I think she's going to be fantastic. I like the, <laughs> the Evan Moss. <laughs> Bakra. Um, we're going to see about Pedro Pascal and Joseph Quinn. I think Joseph Quinn was good in his role in, in Stranger Things. I think he did good. I don't know if I buy him as a as a Human Torch type mm-hmm. character, but mm-hmm. holding all thoughts. My favorite thing of this release that was a long-winded way of getting to was the art that they released and the new styling and everything showing yeah. that this is taking place in the 60s. 60s. Yeah, That's by far my favorite thing they could have done with this. And I think that's the best way to do this. You know, I was really expecting to come in here with a debate about Pedro Pascal, but you were just right there with me. Yeah, I look, I love Pedro Pascal. He's great in some things. I don't know if I buy him as this character, but I, I have all the confidence in the world in him. Now, you still have the best theory I've ever heard that I've never heard anyone else say was that Quantumanium was Ant- a Fantastic the Wasp, Four. Quantumania was supposed to be Fantastic Four. Yeah. And it just makes all the sense in the world. It definitely is what they meant to do because it was supposed to come out around that same time that Quantum Mania came out. Yeah, um, you could have put him in the Quantum Verse. That's how they would have got their powers. Yep. Introduce King. Yep. Connection with Reed Richards. Yep. They go in in the '60s. They come out in the 2020s. Now they're with our modern day superheroes. Bada bing, bada boom. You get the the Captain America ending. Yeah, they've been modern day. Like what the fuck? Exactly. Now I don't know what they're gonna do. Are we just gonna? Is this just one movie? No, Are, I think I think there will be time travel. I've got to imagine they end up in modern day MCU. It's yeah. just how. I have seen that they're also going to shy away from origin. Like how they get their powers, I think that's going to be breezed through a little bit and we're getting more of a everyone knows they get radiation or some shit. Everyone knows what their powers are. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to it sounds like it's going to skip past that and we're going to see them as heroes in the 60s. Hey. Which this has to take place in a different universe, though. Because, obviously, the multiverse is open now. Because if this takes place in the regular MCU, 
how is it that like we have never heard about this team of four people where one was a human rock monster and one stretched and one lit on fire and one was invisible? Yeah. How have we never heard about them? In the, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think the only way that it makes sense is if Reed Richards was the smartest man in the 60s, mm-hmm. Human Torch was just a, a party boy in the 60s, mm-hmm. accident happens, and they get their powers in, you know, let's say the fucking quantum realm or wherever. Mm-hmm. They get their powers. This first movie is them using their powers and everything in the quantum realm. So, like, they've never been in the real world with their powers first time they're it coming seems out. like they're really leaning into the 60s. I don't think this movie is going to take place in the quantum realm. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, 100%. Which is why it was supposed it probably was supposed to <laughs> originally. <laughs> I I think then we just lean on Deadpool. Fair enough. Bring them all together, baby. Fair enough. Just let Deadpool narrate the start of every movie or just the whole movie. Yeah, I just be like, "Hey guys, I love that. we're 40 movies in. I know this probably doesn't make sense. So let me just walk you through this." Yeah. And then just explain it as stuff's happening. Quick little Deadpool prologue before every MCU movie and show. Hey, I'm for it. I would love that. It'd be I, fantastic. I am for it. Pun intended yet again. Now, <laughs> nice. <laughs> what I am not for is the Sony Spider-Verse, <sighs> Tyler Wooten, because Madame Web was a special movie. A special movie that I'm sure you loved writing a synopsis for. Yes, I did. So for any of our beautiful listeners that have not that do not know what Madam Webb is about, why don't you uh, ring their bell a little bit? <clears throat> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When a New York paramedic nearly dies, she unlocks something deep inside of her that she's had since birth, which allows her to get visions of the future. With these newfound abilities, she sees three girls get murdered and must try to change their fate by any means necessary. Madam Web. Madam Web. 2024 superhero movie. Yep. Ty, the haters were right. Yes, they were. Um, and I don't just mean the Madam Web haters. I mean the comic book haters. Oh, because all of them. It, it just upsets me that someone like Martin Scorsese, who I respect, is just going to use this movie as <laughs> ammunition for every single comic book yeah. movie that is made. He just stumble and fell into a fucking ammunition storage yeah he's just got bullets for days now yeah and more ways to defend his shitty movies and also i might have a new enemy oh not madam web related but while we're talking about martin scorsese Mm -hmm. robert downey jr no Kind of biting the mouth that fed him, or biting the hand that fed him. No. Did you not see his quote from the um, BAFTA Awards yesterday? I've seen some quotes, but not Let me read this recently. To Let me read this to you. Go ahead and hit me. When I was 42, I did two films for Guy Ritchie and learned how to make big Hollywood movies with a civil British flair. Talking about, I think, Sherlock Holmes, probably. Okay, yeah. I then played a guy named Tony in the MCU for about 12 years. And then recently... That dude, Chris Nolan, suggested I attempt an understated approach as a last-ditch effort to perhaps resurrect my dwindling credibility. Mm. So I share with my fellow nominees, this has been an exceptional year. 
His wow. dwindling credibility as an they actor. They saved your fucking career, bro. As an actor, maybe. Let me just defend him a little bit. Everyone said he wasn't playing a character as Tony Stark. He was just playing Robert Downey Jr. You know what? That's a sign. He was falling. Great into, acting. He was falling into the Ryan Reynolds trap of he's just playing. He's just playing Robert Downey Jr. That's just a sign of great acting. He made the character himself. He was method. Oh, okay. Jared Leto does, and he gets applauded. Well, I don't know if he gets applauded. No one, no one's yeah. applauding that man. I wish Jared Leto. I wish Morbius was in Madam Web. I'll tell you that much. They should have had a. They should have <laughs> had a crossover at the end like they did with i think at this point just commit to the stupid bullshit look nope. i think i think spoiler alert as always the mm-hmm. ending scene of them all like in their spider suits mm-hmm. and her like hovering behind mm-hmm. i think vulture flies in on one side morbius <laughs> flies in on the other maybe this movie's getting better reviews i don't know sony <laughs> edit it and re-release it let's find out so i grilled morbius when we watched it when we reviewed it originally mm-hmm. uh, i believe it has the lowest score i've ever given out that sounds right. Let's and take a look here. Someone's talking about me. My ears are ringing. Um, yes, yes, it still does. Okay, I don't want to spoil anything, but this movie's down there. I'll say that much. Yes, yes, it is. I will say that it is down there, and I didn't think it was possible, quite frankly. I thought they could make more bad movies. I didn't think they'd be able to reach and maybe go under the level the bar that Morbius established very lowly. Now, Morbius, you gave a 30. So you were obviously very low, but you weren't in the, the teens like I was Correct. giving it a 16. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't even know how to feel. I Just sad. I think the thing that blows me away more than anything is we get Morbius. Everyone hates it. It gets shit on. Mm-hmm. And then they, I don't know the, what the exact timeline is, but then this movie's announced. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, why the fuck are they making this movie with Dakota Johnson? And then plot details and stuff come out, and everyone's like, why the fuck are they making this movie? And then the trailer comes out, and everyone's like, holy shit, this movie's going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. And at no point did they ever course correct, Mm -hmm. and they just kept pushing along and released this film. I would like to uh, redact something you said there, and when they first announced it, I wasn't in the why are they making this, because I thought, once again, getting my hopes up, because the ideas are always better than the freaking what happens— I was like, oh, Madame Webb. She's the one that, like, connects all the Spider-Man. She's like the – the. did I say Madame wrong again? Yeah, you said Madame. I, it's going to be a 50-50. I'm going <laughs> to okay. bounce back and forth. Just keep it chugging along. She can connect all the Spider-Mans. She could be the 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 watcher of the Spider-Verse, and, like, they could have a lot of fun with this. We get a cool multiverse movie. I know everyone's sick of the multiverse, and maybe that's why they didn't do this. But, like, it's like they could have fun with this. Yeah. And instead we got a movie that, like – literally has no reason being like a spider-man movie other than like she knows ben parker yeah and the guy has spider-man powers i guess yeah which kind of sucks that now we know that spider-man's like not alone like there's just a whole tribe of him and yeah just a whole tribe other people from before him now granted peter parker is very smart so he makes his web slingers that's what makes him different but kind of shitty um (laughs) yeah but the final product is like why did you make this um, and I guess the one thing I'll say for it is at least it tried being like its own movie and wasn't just like the Marvels where it was literally just a hour and a half setup for the future of the MCU for the next movie yeah. for the X-Men crossover. Yeah. At least it was that because this one didn't have a post credit scene. But then again, this one was kind of a setup for the future. So I don't even know. Well, the weird thing about it is we get a vision of like all the girls being spider Woman, 
at the very beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they tell the whole story and they're like, you know, it'd be sick if we tease them being Spider-Woman at the very end, even though you saw that five minutes into the fucking film. We have a Within the Lines award category for whenever we do that around the Oscars time of uh, trailer to screen time ratio. Yes, we do. Um, I will say now this won't be an award because it's just the runaway winner. Um, and this just goes to the Sony as a whole. The Spider-Verse, just the most misleading trailers. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, they have her say something in the trailer that got grilled online. So maybe that's why they removed it from the movie. But uh, the whole my mom went to the Amazon. <laughs> yes, never yes. said in the film. <laughs> no. Um, again, they showed the Spider-Women fighting in the trailer. Mm-hmm. The, they like the Sydney Sweeney of her in the spider suit was like their main selling point. Yeah. Big time. They did like promotional material about her filming that scene. Yeah. I'm like, no, I think this would be like her character to like fall from the sky and I want to like fall from the ceiling. And I wanted to do that. And the only time we see it is a very blurry dream (laughs) sequence. And the end when it's like a cam, like a, a preview of what's next. Like it's back to the future two with the back to the future three trailer at the end of it. Like, what are we doing? I, I don't it's, fucking They get it. make the most misleading trailers ever. Morbius had fucking Michael Keaton in it, and he wasn't in the movie. He was in the post credit scenes. And they also... <laughs> that's still that's still so much worse than what this movie did. That's, I don't even think that's the worst thing they did in that trailer. I thought the worst thing they did was that scene of Jared Leto walking, or I don't know if it was Leto walking, but it was a scene of someone walking or whatever in the alleyway, and there was that graffiti of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, or it yeah. might have been Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, yeah. that said traitor. Yeah. And we were like, oh, my God, this is going to take place in one of those two That's Spider-Man true. universes. And then not only did no uh, – it didn't allude to any of those Spider-Mans. That same scene happened in the movie, and the graffiti wasn't there, I'm pretty sure. Was there even a Spider-Man? Did that scene happen in the movie? Because I don't even remember it from the movie. If it did, it happened without the graffiti, and it was just like a pan over to an alley. No, I don't even think it was in the fucking movie, if I'm not mistaken. So – And let's not let's not forget that it wasn't Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. It was the Spider-Man PS4 um, image oh okay so it was just from the video game it had nothing to do with any live action spider-man what are they doing i don't know man i have a theory please hit my, me. my theory sony is purposely making these movies as bad as they can so marvel doesn't want the spider-man rights anymore oh they're trying to tank the <laughs> stock and then marvel will just D- disney will be like you know what we don't fucking want it anymore like we're struggling with ours like whatever and then Sony can be like, yes, now we can maybe make a half-decent Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be on the table because it's it's becoming hard to believe that they're this bad at making films about like a, a IP that is so beloved. Mm-hmm. Well, it was two of the th- screenwriters were the screenwriters from Morbius. No, um, yeah, these... Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. Let me um they also wrote are you going to go through their they have okay. one of the worst um what do you call filmography it? like yeah filmography, filmography fucking screenwriting yeah it's incredible yeah i'm going to hit them in order here lowest rated movie they're still improving at their job they're rocking madam well web at tw- uh 12% okay next one morbius yeah at 15% Mm-hmm. Next one, Gods of Egypt. Jay, you want to take a wild guess at this percentage? 17. Spoiler alert, I did it out of order. We dropped back down to 14%. To be fair, that... Oh, no, that one had Gerard Butler in it. Mm. How dare oh. they? And Chadwick Boseman! Oh, okay. disregard, disregard. Well, I was about to give him a pass. Like, oh, that one, because I've never heard of this movie. I was like, oh, this one was a low-budget film. Nope. 
Yeah. Nope. No. It cost. It actually cost 140 million dollars. Very high budget. Let's move on to the last witch hunter. Eighteen percent. Vin Diesel. Yep. Vin Diesel. Fuck yeah. And then Casa. their top of the top, cream of the crop movie, Dracula Untold, at twenty five percent. Rotten Tomatoes is missing one. Oh, please. Which, well, Dracula Untold was their attempt to start a universal monster movie cinematic universe. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Yep. And this movie was so bad it killed like the whole idea of a franchise. They did this and they did the Mummy Returns, and those two movies were just so bad oh my that God. It, it killed it. They were also um, on Mummy Returns. No, they weren't. I'm just saying oh, those okay. that was Universal's attempt. Uh they also did Power Rangers. The twenty seventeen Power Rangers that was like I don't know if you ever saw it was very bad. No, I didn't. Very bad. I, I don't know what it has on tomatoes. Guy. Um I saw it at the drive in. Only time I went to the Barso drive in with Riley. Twenty seventeen Power Rangers. Are you sure they're on this movie? That's what it says on their Wikipedia. I need you to be 100% sure because this doubles their next best film. Well, when I click Power Rangers film, it says screenplay or not screenplay, but story is by them. So they're not credited as a writer on that film. They get no credit because it's 51%. And usually that's like a who wants a 51% on their resume. These guys would fucking kill for a 51% on their resume. I don't know. It says Wikipedia says it was directed by this guy, this person. From a screenplay by two other people, one other person, and a story conceived by the writing teams of Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless and Michelle and Kiernan Malerny. So I, I don't know what that really means. But Story conceived. That feels like an executive producer. Like they sat in, they brought lunch one day and just helped the guy actually write it. Yeah, but they're still attached in some capacity. But mm. th- it's still a bad movie. What is, what's the audience score in the movie? It's got to be pretty low, right? I just cleared it. No, it's it's like 70s. Oh, well. That's why it throws this whole thing off for me. That's why I'm, I don't believe that they could have possibly been a part of this in any large capacity. I apologize. 65%. Mm. The, these people, are they a couple? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea, but it's, wow. sh- it's shocking to be this bad at your job and keep getting jobs. You want to hear what the Wikipedia says? Please. Movie fans around the globe struggle to understand how they keep getting work after Gods of Egypt and Morbius. Yeah. And I can only imagine that they're still going to find a way to get another fucking job after this terrible film. They were hired by Sony in 2008 to write the script for a film adaptation of Flash Gordon. I don't know if that movie was ever made. No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Um, They were... Yeah, it's not good. I guess they, they were hired by Disney in 2015. To write a live-action adaptation of the Night on Bald Mountain sequence from the 1940s film Fantasia, which they would also executive produce. As of 2024, there's been no active development on the project. (laughs) Nine years later, think that one got killed. Yeah. They have to know somebody, right? Like, they have to be cousins and their uncle's like a fucking black market unknown billionaire. Maybe. Just pulling the strings. I, I don't know, man. Like, look, I'm happy all the writers got what they wanted, but like, it's people like these. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> maybe the studios were right. I don't know. It's people like these that it's like, hey, pay the good writers more. <laughs> That's fair. Because AI could have made a better film than this. I'm I'm very confident on that. But yeah, back to my original point. I think they're purposely um, trying to get Disney to not be interested anymore. Um, which this is funny. I just 
saw this on the Wikipedia. It says their budget was eighty million final cost, but it said also it says on Wikipedia that their budget was a hundred million, and that was before tax credit. What does that mean? Tax write off. Why do they get tax credits? I don't, I don't know. Biz. I just assume all large corporations don't ever pay taxes. Kind of bullshit, huh? We yeah, gotta pay our entirely. taxes. You done your taxes yet? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um. Madam Web, let's jump into the scale tide. You got anything else on it before we jump in the scale? I, I'll discuss more as we dig into it. I took notes. I don't have a fun Civic Plaza story. Damn it. I actually, I will say, the lady, woman who uh, got our popcorn, very friendly at Civic Plaza. She had a uh, red makeup on. We went the day after it came out. No one was there. I think there was like four other people in our theater. One guy was just slumped. We got up to leave. I turned around. He was out. Good for out him. like a light. Um, but she had, uh, like red makeup, like cool, cool eye makeup. Like mm-hmm. it was a cool little get up. And she said it was for, uh, Madame Webb. And I was like, Oh, good for her. She's like in the spirit. But then she said like, Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I'm still no. thinking about seeing it. And I was like, yeah, you don't want to do makeup based off a movie. If you haven't seen it yeah. yet, cause it's real bad girl. Looks like you're supporting that film. It's, it's not a good film to stand behind. And then I told her, we'll let you know how it is oh. knowing it was going to be bad. Yeah. Did you let her know? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't want to oh. break her heart. I, I would have wanna... made it. I would have made it a point to go up after watching another film. You would have walked up to the girl who had Madame Web inspired makeup mm-hmm. all day working yes. her job and been like, "Hey, this movie's dog shit." No, no, I would have just. It would have been a real polite walk over, get like a wet wipe out of the baby bag, <laughs> and be like, "Hey, I'm just telling you now, you might want to wipe that off." <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. You have a good rest of your shift. <laughs> go to the bathroom. Clear that out. Oh man, brutal plot slash story. The story of Dakota Johnson, Catherine Webb, Christina Webb, KK, not Katie, Mrs. Webb, Miss Webb. Hold on, hold on. God damn it, Cassandra. She's got superpowers. Cassie Webb. Because she was born. She got. Did she ever get? She got bit by that spider. She her, got bit by the spider. Her right? Mom got bit by the spider while giving birth to her. Okay. She's had these powers her whole life, but they just don't show up till she's about to die. Correct. Yeah. Um. Which I guess is pretty cool. Lay dormant cool fight or flight whatever yeah um and you have a guy who seeing visions of these superhero girls who are going to kill him which zico sims never would have happened if he never pursued them because if he never pursued them the madam web wouldn't have known that they had how do they even get their powers in the future i don't, I don't even know yeah. i think she's experimenting on children she lets the spider bite them mm, yeah that might happen um but it was a total ripple effect where if he just never chases them, they never get their powers, and they can never kill him. Yeah. So what are you doing, bro? And, yeah, they're just on the run from him the whole time until the very end, where they're actually still on the run, and they manage to kill him. Yeah, yeah. And that that's the story. Are we sure he's dead? I don't know. I couldn't tell what was happening with all the camera shaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A couple of high schoolers, he wants to murder them. She just happens to be on the same train because it's all connected. And sees the vision and saves them. And then adopts them. And then for some reason has a Professor X wheelchair at the end. Despite, she's only blind. She can walk. Mm -hmm. Blind, she got a firework in the eye. I believe is how she was blind. Yeah, she did. Because at first I was like, why is she blind? You drown and you become blind? No, she got hit with a firework in the face. That's what Riley said. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I just, I don't understand the electric scooter. Like, you can't see where you're going. Do you have a walking cane attached to your scooter? I think it'd be harder for a blind person to use a wheelchair. Yeah. Like you're just you're just driving without sight. 
yeah, I don't know if that's just because her character in the comics might be paralyzed or something. And they, yeah, there it is. Paralyzed. Sandra Webb, born in Salem, Oregon. Which? Not what happens in this movie. Which? Probably, honestly, if she was born. Yeah. yeah. She is paralyzed, blind, telepathic, clairvoyant, and precognitive mutant, allowing her to work as a professional medium. She was stricken with myasthenia gravis and was oh, connected that, yeah, to a life support system designed by her husband, Jonathan Webb, which includes a series of tubes shaped like a spider web. And then Spider-Man approached her. And then a bunch of stuff happens in the comic books. So they just like cr- completely created their own origin story yeah. for this character. And you think you just have wide open, the world is your oyster. And this is what you come up with. Oh, my God. Now, we're on plot slash story still, right? We, we've we haven't even given scale. our scores. Yeah, we've started the scale, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't... The story isn't the worst part of the plot slash story. Like, the story of someone, like, powers lay dormant. I see these girls dying. I've got to protect them. The person trying to kill them is, like, connected with my mother. Like, a little past future going on at the same time. Her motherly instinct kicked in, even though she didn't want to be a mother. 100%. It's... It's... Well, it's two things. It's the add-on bullshit. It, it's the Spider-Man add-on bullshit that is just not necessary, but is necessary because this is the film they're making, but they don't make it necessary to the story they're telling. Yeah, yeah. I wrote uh, one of my notes, several notes. Great power. I just wrote great power, responsibility, quote, repulsive. They, they switched it. They said with great responsibility comes power or some shit. Yeah, the but power they, it was come. so forced. 100% forced. That honestly pissed me off i was laughing at all the bad things in this movie yeah audibly like groaned when they said that well again so the story the second worst part is this is the worst script i've ever seen put to screen Mm, yeah the script the shit like that Mm -hmm. um i will note one theater experience when they brought up the fact that like the if you get bit by this you can have like a seventh sense or something Mm -hmm. the guy next to me said spider sense (laughs) he laughed in his seat and i was like fuck yeah dude It's just everything feels so forced and unorganic, and everyone saw it coming from from the line, like, she was killed in the Amazon while researching spiders. Like, from the trailers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't in the movie, and it didn't need to be in the movie. We still got the essence of that line throughout the entire film. Yeah, the writing's bad. I mean, that kind of goes into characters, too, but the writing is just bad. From the events to the dialogue to all of it. Laugh out loud. Yeah, literally. I was laughing. I I laughed a lot in this film, which is kind of, you know, you wouldn't expect that because it's not a comedy. But I was laughing. Yeah, as you should be. It's not a comedy, but you, you very much are laughing at them throughout the entirety of this movie. Mm-hmm. At multiple different points for multiple different reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know where to go with it. Like, it's a very minimal plot. Like, there isn't a whole lot of shit that happens. It's not. And we've, there's been 70 superhero movies. This didn't do anything different from any of the other ones. The scene of her trying to climb up a wall and falling. Mm-hmm. Repulsive. I, I didn't even laugh at that part. That just made me cringe. Yeah. It literally made me cringe. Like, ooh, we really, this made the cutting room floor. Like, we're leaving this in the film. <laughs> it's going to win a lot of Razzies. Oh, so many. So many Razzies. It's just, start to finish, it's terrible. What'd you give it, Jay? A two. <sighs> yeah. It had a plot. I I understood what the assignment was. It still seemed pointless. The villain, like, 
why did he steal the spider? Like, I get he wanted those powers, but, like, he wasn't even doing shit with the powers. I guess he was rich or whatever, but... Yeah, they don't really show that. I think he just wanted... He wanted the, the power. No no background to the character. I don't want to, like, jump into characters too soon, but... God, I can't wait to jump into um, characters, though. You're going to be shocked by my character score, actually. I will be. I Spoiler? will be shocked. High score. It's not a good thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just... It, it was like... They didn't know what they were making. No. They took a character from a comic book and created an origin story, and none of it made sense. And it just it was it was pointless. It was like, wh- what are you doing? And I just, I get you need to have origin stories, but like Marvel's made good origin stories, and like they've made fantastic. I origin hate stories. the origin stories where the hero gets their power in like the ninety fifth percent of the movie, like the Iron Man origin story. He gets the suit halfway through. It's it's earlier than halfway well, through. Yeah, the first like version of the suit, you know what I mean? And and Hulk. He's Hulk. Yeah. He's Hulk the whole time. Thor. I mean, Thor kind of already had his powers, but Doctor Strange gets his powers. You know, he he taps into him halfway through the film, and then, you know, you get a cool second half. Mm-hmm. The Guardians, they don't really have powers, but they come together, you know, in the half, second half of the film. Like Shang Chi gets them like right off the rip. Tommy McGuire Spider Man gets them 30, 40% into the film. Yeah. This one, like she technically has the powers the whole time, but she just sees visions and can kind of like teases of the powers throughout most. Yeah. And all she can do is run over the fucking Spider-Man guy. Yeah. She's very useless, which again, they brought up the spider sense. Never, mm-hmm. never shown. He just gets no. hit by a car multiple times. <laughs> yes. Multiple times. He just gets fucked up by something. If he just had any little bit of something's about to fuck me up. Mm-hmm. She's useless. Mm-hmm. Just so bad, so fucking bad. What did you give it? I gave it a three. I'm one point higher than you. Like I said, the point A to B, like it, it's fine. It, we've seen this a lot, but it's it's done in such a shitty way, and the script to go along with it is such a shitty way. And then just a few scenes that are just so cringe <sighs> that I feel bad for everyone involved in this movie, despite it being their own fault. Yeah, my favorite part of the movie was my first note. I actually started out on a great. Great spot with this film. My first note, liked the 100 Years of Columbia intro. Off to a good start. <laughs> no, what ran through my mind when that hit, was, I was like, this is the first time I'm seeing this intro and they're doing it on this fucking movie. <laughs> like, what bad timing. It wiped my memory. It was like Clockwork Orange. I don't know what that movie's about, but like no the, the bad movie wiped my memory of the what the actual logo was. I liked it enough to take a note on it. Yeah. It was cool. It was a cool intro. All downhill from there. Key elements. Mm-hmm. So, this movie, let's scroll up here on IMDb. Action, adventure, sci-fi. Superhero. Rot- Just superhero. Rotten Tomatoes, action, adventure. Superhero. This is a superhero movie, mm-hmm. um, but it's not. No. It's not a superhero movie. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Because it is a superhero movie, but it's not a superhero movie. Like, the only thing that makes it a superhero movie is is homie walking on ceilings for maybe 10 seconds of screen yeah. time. Yeah. Surviving getting hit by a car multiple times. <laughs> multiple. T- that was her only defense mechanism against him. Yeah. She hits him with the cab. Mm-hmm. And then she drives, like, out of the parking structure. Just through a brick wall with an ambulance and keeps on trucking for a little bit. Hits him with an ambulance. Yeah. And then they hit him with a fucking sign falling off she just makes things fall at him 
Yeah. It's terrible. So bad. The action stinks. All the action sequences are fucking terrible. Yeah. There's no action. Yeah. What action sequence? Ty? Well, I think that's the issue. It's him coming in, killing the girls, her saying, oh shit, time to hit reset, and then driving a car into him. Yeah. Her hand-to-hand combat is 10 and 2 on the steering wheel. <laughs> I give it a 1. I let you dominate the conversation. I gave it a 1. This is the worst superhero movie I've seen. At least Morbius morbed up. Yeah, he did. There was some Morbin time going on there. There was some Morbin vampire battles with Matt Johnson or whatever the hell that guy's name is. Yeah, I don't fucking know. There was nothing of that in this. There wasn't. She had some fucking visions. And, like, I don't think they were trying to make a bad movie. Are you sure? A movie like Velocipaster, it's supposed to be bad. It's supposed to be funny bad. Yeah. This was, like, they were trying to do stuff in this film, which kind of ties into visuals for me as well. That was, like, trying to be edgy, trying to be different. Trying to, like, the way we cut these things, the way we edit it. And it was all just so bad. One of my notes is this. And th- this is, again, going into visuals a little bit. Yeah. Was, um, where's it at? Uh, Cloverfield-style zoom and pan. That was the final fight sequence. All the, you, th- the camera would just pan and then zoom in on their faces and then unzoom out. It's like someone was recording this with a camcorder. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we, we're going to film this different. It's it's going to be chaotic. That was their idea. Like, yeah. we're going to make it chaotic. Audiences yeah. are going to feel the chaos. No, it just comes off as cheesy, sloppy, worst editing. Straight to DVD. One of the edits I wrote here, again, visuals, but yeah. I'm going to go with key elements here. The cut when the bird flies in the window was also so bad. Mm-hmm. You know the scene where, you know, the bird dies yep. and she's like, ooh, ooh, Yeah. That was her. And then, so she, the, the scene shows... Her, like, opening the window and the bird flies in and then it cuts to a view from her apartment. And, like, it didn't line up. No, not at all. Like, the bird was all the way in the apartment and then when they cut, the bird still was outside the window and then flew back in the window. And, like, she wasn't in the same spot. Just, like, a super simple continuity error. Like, the kind of thing that if we turned into video productions in high school, we would have got docked points on. Oh, 100%. Yeah. In a big budget $100 million film. With professionals who do this for a living who have gone to school and... I've been trained on not to do this. So as bad as the visuals are, not to jump ship, the key elements, it, they just make it worse. It's just not a good superhero movie. The, the CGI is bad. The camera works bad. The action's bad. It's just they try doing cool stuff. She's having the visions when she's giving the guy CPR about the guy who's going to get hit by a truck. Yeah. By the way, where was that truck going? Because they were on a dock. And that was literally the last road before the, the, water. the water. Yeah. And that big-ass truck... Was doing like 60 miles an hour. Full and he was steam ahead. 100 yards from the water. Was he trying to drive off into the ocean? It's all connected. It was Ezekiel Sims. <laughs> I gave it a one. It's the worst superhero movie I've ever seen. I'm also at a one for key elements. Thank you. I, I don't know what there is to take away from that. Because again, I view this as this is where you get bonus points. This is where if you're a funny comedy, you're getting bonus points for being a funny comedy. If you're a fun superhero movie. A dad action movie. A dad action movie. This is where you're getting bonus points. I can't take anything of this film and find a reason to give it bonus points for it. No. Everything that I think of, I just want to keep lowering the score. Yeah. And no. and everything that you've mentioned falls right into our next category here mm-hmm. of cinematography. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen so many things online about this film 
having the most cuts of any film they've ever seen in their entire fucking life. Not good ones either. It just jumps around mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. You can't hold a fucking frame for more than three seconds before having to jump. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. And I think the most egregious part is our main villain. Mm-hmm. You never see him speak a fucking word on screen. I don't think he speaks English. No, I think that's part of it. No, 100%. I don't think... Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't think it's his first language. I, It's very obviously voiceover. Everything. Everything's voiceover. And, I mean, they try and hide it. They do try and hide it at times. But there are multiple scenes where you can see this man's face and his lips. Tahar Rahim. And his mouth. And French. He's, he's not moving his mouth while his character is saying dialogue. No. Yeah, no. He's just standing there, and then it's like, oh, well, I'm going to go get them. And he's just dead mouth not doing anything. I shouldn't say he doesn't speak English. He is fluent in English. I, I That was ignorant of me to say, but I have seen that he, and you could tell by the movie, that they had to go back in and clean some of his English up, because I'm sure on set, you know, it just, it something wasn't working. Yeah, it wasn't working, and then they go back in, and... and I'm sure they change, like, the dialogue after. Like, well, it'd be better if he says this, or it'd be better mm-hmm. if he says that. And it just makes it so fucking sloppy and unprofessional from a big-budget film. Yeah. It blows me away. Yeah. Yeah, no. 100%, Ty. I, it's all over the place. How about when he's, like, swinging in the Spider-Man suit, and he's, like, not breathing at all? Someone I saw on YouTube had that point. Like, every other Spider-Man... They swing and you hear their voice go, you know what I mean? Or like they're out of breath because they're swinging. Yeah. And then he's just swinging or not. Well, he wasn't swinging actually climbing from walls and just, I will go kill them. (laughs) And like just whispering (laughs) while he's climbing and stuff like, yeah, it's, it's fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. And and I liked, well, I didn't like him. I, un- I ironically liked all the camera zooms. I wrote the camera zooms when he stole the spider in the beginning were legitimately hilarious. Y- yeah. Again, it was like a guy with a camcorder. Yeah. It like zoomed in on his face and <clears throat> zoomed in and then would pan over to the girl's eyes, the mom's eyes, and then zoom in on her face a little bit more and then zoom out real quick. This movie's just ri- This movie takes place in 2003 and it's ripped out of 2003 really shitty filmmaking styles. It looks like it was made in the backyard. Like we have a camcorder and I'm, and I'm just zooming in on your face. Yeah. With the auto zoom or yeah. whatever. Wasn't great. I, I another thing I wrote, the ambulance scene made me nauseous, legitimately nauseous. Which am, which ambulance? The first scene? one where she's driving and it's like the cool, oh like all scene over of the, her driving yeah. around. And stuff. Well, that's the thing. Is made that, me nauseous. I think they're like trying to go for like this stylistic approach, like oh let's like make this look like fucking. It reminds me of like a pop punk version of a movie. Mm-hmm. Did they see the success of Spider Verse and they're like, let's try to make that like live action yeah. <laughs> and just make Choppy. everyone nauseous the entire fucking time. I also wrote the cut when she feels the baby kick was horrendously bad in the beginning. I don't remember that. It was so long, and it was the first thing in the movie, but I was bad enough for me to write it. Yeah. It's from the editing to the camera work to the the bad action scenes, because that plays into this as well, to bad CGI when she's a floating ghost and all the weird stuff they do when she's like in the ether when she's drowning in the water. And then the last scene where there's a bunch of fire going on and stuff flying everywhere and it's cutting, it's zooming, it's cutting, it's oh zooming. Oh my god, you just flashing. Have, you have no idea what's going on. The most incoherent filmmaking I've ever seen in my life, that final sequence. 
I was paying attention. I swear to God, I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't doing anything. I genuinely don't remember what happened in that final sequence at all. Other than there was like the S was lit light up and they did something with the S. They looked at the S like 25 times before it fell. And then I know she, she was the ghost and I remember that part and the ghost helped them all up. But like how he falled and got fell and how what he got hit by or whatever. I don't even remember. I don't either. And I watched it yesterday. <laughs> I genuinely like I'm trying to think back. I just know they're up there. The fireworks are going off. They try and hit him with fireworks. It doesn't work. He's got Madam Wet. Maybe the bridge thing comes apart. And he falls off, but he's got sticky feet. He sticks to things. He's a Spider-Man. I don't know. I give it a one. I wish I could give it a zero. I probably could. It's our podcast, but I give it a one. We do make the rules for the scale. Um, If there was ever a zero to give, it'd be this film. I'm at a three. Tyler. (laughs) It's, it's, again. What does it get points for? It gets points for, I'm very big on if you try to make it look a certain way, just that alone, whether that certain way is dog shit, I'm going to give you points. Nope, one for me. I'm going to give you points if you try to stylistically make your movie look a certain way and keep that at least consistent throughout, that works. For me, It's if it's shitty cuts, no fucking care in the world, no cons- you know continuity care, and it's just bland and looks like anything else but it's done fucking terribly, you're going to get a terrible score from me. But this, like, they tried to do something. What they tried to do was fucking atrocious and terrible mm-hmm. but they tried to do something so i'm giving them a three are we, are we sure are we sure they try to do something it's present the entire time they try to make you vomit in your fucking seat i will say it's the first ever uh one i've given out on visuals yeah that i mean that sounds right uh thunder force and Firestarter got a two thunder force got a two mm-hmm. um Firestarter got a four okay and those are my other two lowest scores this is it's the second lowest score I've ever given in this category. Which, you got anything else to say about this nauseating movie? No, I want to jump into characters because you're going to be shocked by my score. I, I will be shocked by your score. Because High score I give out. Please, discuss. Okay, first of all, the villain in this is the worst actor I've ever seen. Correct. In a movie, ever. Correct. Any level. Correct. Absolutely terrible. And again... I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Bad writing. They put him in a bad spot. Maybe they couldn't hear him on set, so they had him voiceover because they very much had him voiceover. You could tell his lips were not matching like you mentioned the words he was saying. Yep. Uh, he had no sense of delivery, like tonal delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think of a movie like The Holdovers that has a, a kid literally like, hey, they're filming at my school. Let me audition for this and give out an Oscar. I don't know if he got nominated, but like an Oscar-nominated worthy performance. And then you have – what happened in this film? How does this happen? I don't get it. I The casting, just like who... Now that they've added like best casting to the Oscars, this deserves a worst casting Razzie award. Well, I will say, if I have to say something nice about it, because the villain being so bad like almost gives it negative points. I thought Dakota Johnson is... Is that her name? Johnson? Why mm-hmm. did that sound wrong? She's not... Madam Webb, she's not like a superhero. Like, I just don't think she's the right actress for like a superhero movie. And maybe that's why she didn't get powers until the 95th minute or 95th percent of the film. Because once she became quote unquote Madam Webb in that five minutes we see of her and she's all like predicting the future to be funny and she's blind and all this stuff. Like, yeah, didn't really fit her. I felt like no terrible before that. I thought like I don't think her performance was like necessarily good 
but I thought she did the most with the slop she was given. Like, I again, I don't think it was good, but I thought, like, this could have been really, really, really bad if you had someone who didn't really know what they were doing also in the lead. Mm-hmm. So I give her some credit for that. Okay. I get, she did some mop-up duty down she, eight in the seventh inning. She did. You're not um, wrong. And admittedly, I'm also – I just kind of like Adam Scott. Love Adam Scott. Um, And even though he's not really like – that's Uncle Ben right there. Yeah. He put he, some respect on his fucking name. He's not really influential in this. Like, it's kind of a smallish side character. Like, I just like Adam Scott. So it's like you get those two talented people together. And it's like, oh, the the high tide raises the ships. And I do think the three girls had some chemistry together. I think it, it felt the writing was forced. But I thought the the three actresses were right in the casting. Um. And if the writing was better, maybe they could have actually done something with it. But a big part of this is writing. So while the actors, the talented, the talented actors that were in this did as much as they could to save what was being written, what was being written was still atrocious. And the lines were awful. The, the There was no real art. I mean, there was a little bit of an arc. but And that just holds it back, plus the really bad villain. I'm looking at like probably a minus one out of 10 for the villain. Yeah. R- rightfully so. And like a three out of 10 for the, or, well, no, that wouldn't work. I'll do, I don't know. One and three, one for the villain, one out of 10, three out of 10 for everyone else. Gives me a four. My highest score. Spoiler wow. alert. Four, four out of 20 for characters. Okay. All right. Um, I don't disagree that Dakota Johnson's fine as like a non superhero, just a person. Mm-hmm. I don't mind her in some shit. Kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Like okay, um, Adam Scott, fantastic. Not necessary. Didn't need the whole subplot of her knowing being at Peter Parker's fucking baby shower. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of ashamed how long it took me to realize that was Peter Parker's mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't until she was having birth with the baby and Adam Scott was there. I was like, oh, That's they're married. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, I married uh, or whatever. Not married, but That's his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, Uncle yeah. Ben. Yeah, yeah. He's doomed to get shot. Mm-hmm. One day we will no. Well, one day we'll never. They're never making anything off of this. But in another universe, one day Adam Scott gets shot in the heart, mm-hmm. in front of his nephew. Adam Scott and Marissa Tomei, though, wouldn't mind seeing that couple together. Great couple. Emma Roberts also. I know her from something. She played uh, Peter Parker's mom, Mary Parker. Yeah, she's from um, the the fucking one road trip. We're the Millers. Fantastic. We're the Millers. Oh yeah. Also know her from Nerve movie 2016 okay yeah yeah that's what i think i mostly know her from um so with you know fine with dakota johnson i um i don't i think the casting for the three spider girls mm-hmm. is fine um sydney sweeney gives one of the worst performances i've ever seen in a movie right alongside this villain really she is yeah she wasn't very good fucking <laughs> terrible Every line delivery, every, oh, stop, guys. We got to wait till she gets back. It's unbelievable. It's just not the character she should be playing. Mm. And it's so fucking terrible, it's not even funny. I think, I'm not disagreeing with you. The writing was so bad in this. And I feel like the directing was probably bad. Yes, and I feel like she's an actor. Like, if you give her good shit to work with, she can do a good job. Mm-hmm. I think if you give her bad shit to work with, she is she's going to be atrocious. Is there a chance that any of these scenes that were in the movie were like the actors practicing their lines, not knowing the camera was rolling, 
and the director was like, all right, we got it. We got, and they're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> I, if there was ever a movie for that to happen, I think it'd be this one. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> the Isabella um, Merced character, mm-hmm. actress, fine. I'm not giving or taking away points. She was fine. I like the Celeste O'Connor character a little bit. Okay. She, she probably was the standout of the three. Uh, the, yeah, okay. the skateboarder. I think she mm-hmm. was the standout of the three. But between the fucking villain just giving the worst performance I've ever seen, and I don't even know if it was him at this point. AI may have done all the fucking voiceover work for him. Wouldn't be surprised. He's just, he's so fucking bad, it's not even funny. Sydney Sweeney's terrible. Dakota Johnson, she does okay, but the other three girls just don't, they don't add anything. The villain's terrible. The writing's terrible. The dialogue's terrible. Again, Dakota Johnson does okay with what she's got, but there's so many cringeworthy, like, deliveries and shit throughout. I'm I'm half of you. I'm at a two out of 20 for <laughs> characters. Hey, I'm not going to argue it. <laughs> it's just so, so, so bad. You don't got an Adam Scott bump? You don't got an Adam Scott bump? Oh, no, I do not. No. Okay. No. I'm leaving him. He's fine. I like seeing Adam Scott and things. I'm shocked he stayed in this film. If he started singing um, Sweet Child of Mine. Huge bump. Okay. Instant bump. Fair enough. <laughs> this movie doubles its overall score just from him singing that. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the lowest character scores I've ever given. I mean, I gave Morbius a one. So Second lowest I've ever given. I've given out one singular one for characters, mm-hmm. and it's Halloween Ends. I gave that a three. Mm. That was bad. That was way too high. Um, <laughs> this performance is my least favorite performance since uh, Violent Night, the villain in that movie. Remember how oh, bad John, he was? John Leguizamo? Yeah, he was real bad. Terrible. Such a bad performance. And then the Barstool guys were like, no, it was supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, bad take by them. Didn't you like DM Ken Jack about that? I, yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I think you did. I think you responded. We had a conversation about it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, dude, you're wrong. Like, if there's one time I got to put my foot down, it's right now. This guy fucking stunk. <laughs> Stunk up this movie. Enjoyment. Look, man. It's a tricky category. It's a tricky category, but I didn't get myself tricked too much. Laughing at how bad it was did bring me some enjoyment in this film. But I was also bored. It was like boredom. It was like spurts of laughter laughing at the movie mixed in by boredom. It was like... I read a perfect review on this. I wish I could find it, but... I'll try to scroll through the Rotten Tomatoes. It was one of the first ones while we give our enjoyment scores. But it just – it was it was bad. It was it was, it was was funny bad, but it wasn't, like, entertaining in a funny bad way. It was just funny bad, but then kind of boring. Not good action. Yeah. I gave it a three. I mean, if, I, if I'm not actively laughing at it, it probably gets a one, maybe a two. I gave it a three because I did get some some chuckles out of it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm at a four. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, again, it is sometimes movies when they're this bad, you have a decent time with them. There's some enjoyable things to take away at laughing at how bad a film is. Yeah, and that's probably the rudest thing you can say about a movie. But they've earned it. They really <laughs> have with this. It's shocking how terrible some of these scenes are, how terrible the dialogue is, how terrible the editing is, how terrible the acting is, mm-hmm. how terrible the action is. It's really incredible how bad they fucking did with this film. And I felt like this was inevitable. 
This was going to happen the entire way. And they had so many opportunities to correct this, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. And now all they get is pity points of me laughing at your movie. The review I liked was from Kimberly Jones of the Austin Chronicle, who said, A car crash would have been more interesting. (laughs) Madam Webb is a fender bender. Nothing calamitous, just a time suck, an annoyance, a waste. Wow. Who who was that? Kimberly? That was Miss Kimberly Jones from the Austin Chronicle. Fuck yeah, Kimberly. Barry Hertz of Globe and Mail also wrote today. Is he okay? I, huh? Is he okay? Yeah, why? Oh, he hurts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you write did you write for this movie tie? <laughs> today I owe Morbius an apology. Because it turned out that Sony Pictures just needed a little more time and a whole lot of misplaced confidence to make an even worse Spidey spinoff. The astoundingly ba- abysmal Madam Web. That's fucking great. Yeah, so... It's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really, really bad movie. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you, Jay, uh, my final score, mm-hmm. I give this a 13 out of 100. That might be your lowest ever. It is. By three points. Mm. Mm. Drops below Thunder Force that I gave a 16 to. My final score, Ty. 11. (laughs) (laughs) 11 out of 100. I didn't think it was possible, but they did it. That is five points lower than your worst score you've ever given. If this is maybe a generic action movie that has no ties whatsoever, maybe it gets a 16. But the fact that you're tainting not only superhero movies, but Spider-Man and this attempt at a Spider-Verse pisses me off. Yeah. It pisses me off, Ty. It's just, it's so bad. And I think when the original idea of like a Spider-Man universe spinoff, or like Venom, I I don't know, it was really just Venom. (laughs) It's like, that that could be cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they kept doing it. It's like, this is kind of getting less cool. And then they're yeah. doing it bad. And then they just keep going. It's like, what what are we doing here, guys? But then they make Spider-Verse. I mean, it's not the same people, but it's still Sony. But it is still kind of the same people. The same people who are saying yes to this are the ones saying yes to that. The same people hiring those people are the ones hiring these people. Yeah. And it's shocking how different we can. We literally get both ends of the spectrum from sony and it's it's remarkable to watch um with my 13 and your 11 that gives us a combined score of 12 out of 100 making this the 216th film we have reviewed uh, 216th ranked film out of 216 films we have reviewed it's the worst it is dead last on our scale it's below fantastic four 2015 that we shit on earlier it's below wow. thunder force this is relevant. It's below The Last Airbender, which has got a really shitty TV show coming out soon. I'm not even going to bother watching that. I'm going to try. The moment the original guys backed out, I was like, I'm not watching it. I'm going to try, and it's going to make me sad. It's below Day Shift. It's below Firestarter. It's below Norm of the North. Most importantly, it is below Morbius. God, it is. By 10 whole fucking 11 points. Is Morbius really that bad? <laughs> I gave it a 30. <laughs> I more than doubled my score for Morbius for this. I I didn't think they could do it. I uh, I thought if they made another Morbius, a, a movie worse than Morbius, that they would like 
like lean into it being bad. I, I don't even know what that means, but that's what they would do. And that's not, they didn't do that. This was just bad, bad. Morbius made $167 million at the box office. I don't know how. That was the them convincing Sony to re-release it. And getting a couple extra ticket sales, despite it still flopping. What an abysmal film. Now, this just leads me to, where are we at with Craven the Hunter? It's gonna, I'm just going to assume it's going to be bad at this point. Trailers haven't been that great, let's be honest. They haven't. They look terrible. We got Aaron Taylor Johnson, who, fantastic in Bullet Train, fantastic in a few other things. You said that'd be the biggest box office flop of the year, which, with how bad Madam Web is, that's helping your chances, because Madam Web didn't cost as much, and it's still making decent money, but then by the time Craven comes out, people might be like, all right, we're not doing this again. And plus, Craven's a little darker, a little more, you know, like, boring, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I don't think Craven's going to have the laugh addict factor. That Madam Web's getting, Mm-mm. and the, holy shit, this is bad, everyone go watch how bad it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to do that with Craven. Yeah, I don't think so. And I hope that they, they figure it out, and I hope that it's better, but let's take a look here. Let's, main writer on Craven. Jay? Yeah, who is it? Main writer on Craven is a Mr., let me find his name, Richard Wenk. Okay. He has one screenplay more recently than this, but this is the most important one. He wrote Equalizer 3. Promising. Is there hope? Do we have hope? Maybe. He also wrote Equalizer 2 and Equalizer 1, but then he did write on The Expendables. Mm. He's directed six films, none of which look good. But also written by Art Markham and Matt Holloway, who some movies on their filmography include Iron Man. The Iron Man? Iron Man 2008, Uncharted, Men in Black International, Transformers The Last Night. I don't know what you were doing with Punisher Uncharted. Warzone. Was Uncharted supposed to help or hurt them? No, I was just reading you all of them. I was just okay. <laughs> That's why I only read Iron Man to start it. They did write on Iron Man. Avi Arad is actually producing this one. I don't think he produced Madam Web. Okay. The guy that all the Marvel fans yeah, hate. Yep, yep, 100%. Yeah, he didn't produce on uh, Madam Web, so... I will say the Craven the Hunter like poster looks fucking cool. Maybe it'll be good. No, I'm not going to fall into it. <laughs> we are moments removed from giving our worst score ever from this company. Ariana DeBose? She's Dude, he's just actress. sitting on a throne of like elk antlers and skulls. Russell Crowe? He's I got, don't know. He looks fucking, he's got like an eight pack in the poster with just like a furry vest. It's Aaron Taylor Johnson. Don't fall into the I'm, trap tie. It's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough not to because he looks fucking awesome. Uh, what are we, uh, Oh, is AI coming from our jobs? Let's find out. I asked AI, give me five solutions to fix the Sony Spider-Verse with five <laughs> upcoming movie ideas. I'm so sorry, Jay. I'm on the IMDb and it's just showing me Madam Web shit and she just tries to hit the superhero with a glass bottle. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't budge and it's just so stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this fucking movie. Continue. Um, this isn't really a quiz, I guess. I guess I'm just going to read them off to you, and you'll let me know if, what you think. You'll let me know if you think Sony could pull these off. Okay. These were five movie ideas, uh, and this is uh, what they're saying can save the Sonyverse. Okay. Uh, number one is Spider-Gwen, Ghost of the Past. Uh, it says, we're going to dive deeper into the backstory of Gwen Stacy's Spider-Gwen persona, exploring her struggles with loss, identity, and responsibility. Introduce compelling new villains for 
from her universe while also featuring crossover appearances from other Spider-Man heroes like Miles Morales or Peter Parker. Spider-Gwen origin story. How you feeling? Mm. Live action or animated? Doesn't specify. Doesn't specify. But I feel like the whole point of this is to save their live action mm-hmm. thing. <sighs> I'm giving it like a C. Okay. I think it could be good if done right, but it won't be done right. Uh, number two is Spider-Man 2099 Future Shock. Transport audiences to a futuristic version of New York City where Miguel O'Hara battles high-tech threats as Spider-Man 2099. Focus on themes of corporate, corrupt, corporate corruption, technological advancements, and the consequences of tampering with time. Incorporate nods to classic Spider-Man lore while also forging a distinct identity for the 2099 universe. Mm-hmm. This is just so tough, man, because I think these ideas are cool. Like, if you give me, like, a futuristic Spider-Man, but, like, Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm. vibes, that would be fucking sick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They would never do that, though. It would just be it would just be dog shit. Okay. I don't know what... I'm going to give... Again, like, the idea... Think Sony can pull this off? No. No, okay. I don't. Okay. Uh, number three, Spider-Woman. Arachnid Alliance. What a name. Uh, they it says that Sony should bring together multiple Spider Women from different dimensions, including Jessica Drew, Silk, and Spider Woman, Mayday Parker, to form an unlikely team up against a powerful interdimensional threat. Explore themes of teamwork, female empowerment, and the interconnectedness of the Spider Verse. They would just that would be just, everyone would just call them woke, mm-hmm. um, and it wouldn't be good. They kind of tried doing that with this, yeah, with just like all Spider Women coming together, Madam Web, different Spider Girls. Well, this one would actually have them as Spider Women. Unlike Madam Web. That would that would be better. It would help, huh? It would help. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a three out of ten. I like how you, you Damn gave it. a C minus. <laughs> I was gonna do whole different every oh. different one was getting a different scale. <laughs> uh this one's just uncreative. Spider Verse Web of Chaos. Expand the Spider Verse by introducing new alternative versions of Spider Man from various dimensions, each with their own unique powers, personalities, and challenges. Follow a multiversal adventure where different spider heroes must unite to stop stop a cosmic level threat that threatens to unravel the fabric of reality itself half star it's literally just <laughs> spider-man into the spider yeah it is entirely <laughs> they get half a star what a shitty idea ai and finally the last one sinister six redemption oh shift the focus to the villains of the spider-verse that's what we need right now. particularly the sinister six and explore their motivations backstories and complex relationships with each other Present them as anti-heroes forced to confront their past sins and band together against a greater evil, showcasing their humanity and potential for redemption. Mm. I like that idea. The issue that we've seen with this is honestly like the first one that hasn't just been the the villain faces a different version of the same villain. <laughs> yeah. Like the, if they make this movie, it would be the Sinister St- Six versus the more Sinister Six. Mm. Sinister-er Six. <laughs> Sinister Seven? No, no, okay. God, no. That's too many people. <laughs> okay, true. Sorry. Doesn't even does it rhyme? Neither of them rhyme. You know, it'd be cool. How about Fantastic Four versus Sinister Six? Oh, I don't know. That'd be cool. Throw something at the wall. Can we just get like someone versus someone, like Batman versus Superman, but like actually good? Actually, that movie's underrated. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna give that idea one thumbs up. Okay, that's. I think it's a cool idea if done. Right, it won't be done right. Well, they've been trying to set this up, and uh, yeah, I don't they're think never going to happen. It's, they're never. Here's the thing: is I'm like, they're never going to have enough money to get there. All of these movies are just tax write-offs for them. It seems like, though. 
Yeah, I don't know how they keep, keep making these. They ju- it's just any of the losses, they just recoup on tax season. Kind of bullshit how that works, huh? What does Sony make most of its money off of? Playstations? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm like. Is it like gaming? You could probably, uh, you could probably like figure it out. TV? Sony and sells... Uh, revenue generated from Sony's game and network services amounted to $25.96 billion. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then next up, do you have, are you on Statista? No, I was going to click on it, but please oh. help me out here. Next up is electronics, electronic products and solutions is $17.6 billion. Next up is financial services, $10 billion. Music, $9 billion. Pictures, $9 billion. Imaging and sensing solutions, $9 billion. I don't see anything about movies. Their movie department has to just be any like of the taxes they accrue from making money in their other divisions. They just write off the losses from their their revenue in twenty twenty two was seventy five billion dollars. So that's insane. So they're probably still making money. That's wild. A lot. Of, I think they probably make a lot in Japan. Oh, for sure. Like I bet you they do a lot of technology and stuff you know what i mean well i mean they make like tvs and shit like but that i wouldn't here. be surprised if they have like 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 more tech i don't know how to explain it Different. like computer chips or shit like that maybe not computer chips but like actual technology that like goes in computers and stuff and like they sell that technology also you know what i mean why wouldn't they do that in the u.s if they did it there i'm saying they do that everywhere i'm not saying just there oh okay maybe pictures is movies yeah pictures was considered movies and that was what did I say pictures was? Nine billion? Okay. So the lowest part of this chart besides all other. That's crazy. <laughs> game and networks eighty two billion. Movies nine. Almost no, 10. Game and Network twenty six billion. Twenty five point nine six. Oh, in total annual I'm just fucking this up. Yeah. Eighty two billion total annual revenue in mm-hmm. twenty two. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just all money money laundering. Money laundering and tax evasion. Well, <laughs> are we reviewing a Sony movie next week so we can help their bills? Um, I don't know who this is made by. It's not Sony. Not Sony. Next week, we're reviewing the... Universal. I don't know who makes this, but I thought it was someone important. Ethan Cohen. Mm-hmm. One half of the Cohen brothers. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is correct. Uh, film Driveaway Dolls. Yep. Starring two... Actresses, I don't really know. Margaret Qualley sounds familiar. I don't know if anyone knows Geraldine Vizwanathan. Blockers fame. Put some respect on her oh, name. Oh, you're right. I know the face, not the name. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal. And uh, Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein. Fuck yeah. I enjoy her. Google says Miley Cyrus. Don't know how true that is. I don't know if I buy that. but <laughs> When does the movie take place? Oh, it's modern day. And say do like a throwback, make Miley Cyrus play like a Dolly Parton. Oh, <laughs> I feels like it would fit in this movie. Yeah, um, very respected actor, very good actors and actresses in this film, and uh, I'm just hoping for a fun watch after what yeah. we've kind of had to endure here recently. Last two weeks have really beat me down. Um, well, I gave Argyle 65. I didn't, yeah, I liked I didn't. It. I've given a combined 47 out of 200 the past two weeks. What'd you give Mean Girls? Mean Girls, I gave a 75. Oh, well, pretty high. 78. Poor Things, 94. So we were we were trending up. Mm-hmm. Fell off a fucking cliff. Yeah. 
tripped and stumbled on its way up the mountain, which just rolled all the way back. It literally, this was the John Wick 3 stair scene. John Wick 4 stair scene. <laughs> we got to the top of the stairs. I gave a 94 for poor things. Then I tripped all the way back down the stairs. And we're not doing uh, the Bob Marley biopic because it got really bad reviews. It did. It got shit on. That was going to be on the schedule and just, I don't want to see a bad bar- Bob Marley biopic. I'm sorry. It really bums me out because I feel like Bob Marley movie could be good. It has a good audience score, so maybe it's worth a watch still, but you won't hear us talking about it on the pod. 93 audience. Yeah, fuck yeah. So. Huh, well, that sucks. I don't know. Go watch Drive Away Dolls. Should be fun. Seems like a good time. You got anything else, Jay? I do not. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.